At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the look ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Seidenberg with you back here on The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can always hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S C O T T S O N. A-I-R. My thanks to uh, Jason Logan from Covers for joining us last segment as we talked a little NBA Finals action. We'll continue the NBA Finals talk coming up in uh, about a few minutes. Uh, Dan Titus from the Action Network will talk uh, more hoops with us. And, you know, thinking about something that Jason brought up with us last segment, I really do feel like the over could actually be the play in this game six. And I know that that's going against what people believe traditionally game sixes or under type of games. But in the NBA finals, going back to 0405, game sixes are seven and three to the over. And think about the fact that we now have the lowest total of any game that we have seen here in these playoffs. And. Not in these playoffs, in this NBA Finals. And just how poorly the teams shot in the last game. It was 104-94. The Celtics were 11 of 32 from three-point range. And six of those 11 makes came just in the third quarter. The Warriors were 9 of 40 from three-point range. And Steph Curry was 0 of 9 from three-point range. In game number four, another under game, 107-97, the final score there. Warriors much better, 15 of 43 from three-point range. The Celtics even 15 of 38. They were better as well, an incredibly low-scoring fourth quarter. In fact, we've seen just low-scoring fourth quarters. Uh, 116-100 was a game that went over in game number three. Game number one went over with the 120-108 score, and then game two was a massive under, uh, 107-88, the final score there. Uh, That was also a low-scoring fourth quarter, 44 points in that fourth quarter. 
uh, the Celtics only scoring 38 points in the entire second half. Uh, I just think that, and maybe it's a first half over as opposed to a full game over. First half total is at 106 and a half. Um, you know, maybe we do get a high scoring first half because I expect the Celtics to come out better and more aggressive knowing that they cannot go down double digits like they've been in in the past two losses. You know, they need to contend with the Warriors. And the first quarters have been high scoring. Game one, first quarter, 32-28. That's a 60-point first quarter. Game two, 61-point first quarter. Game number three, 61-point third quarter. Actually, no, I'm, uh, I'm on the wrong game. So 60, was it 60, 61, 55 in game number three. In game number four, it was at 56. Nope, 55 again. Bad math, sorry. And then game five was a low-scoring first quarter because the Celtics only scored 16 points and they couldn't make a single shot, but the Warriors held up their end of the bargain, scoring 27 points. So that was the first game in this series that the first quarter did not feature 55 points. Looking at the first quarter line right now, 53 and a half for the first quarter. Can we get better than that? Let's see. Let's see. First quarter total points. Ooh, 52 and a half. So it's out there. 52 and a half is out there, 53 and a half. I think, yeah, I think we're going to get a high-scoring first quarter. Steph Curry's going to come out and make some threes early to erase the taste of the 0 for 9. And I think that the Celtics are going to be really aggressive because they can't afford to go down early like they've been. Also, game six, Clay. I said it. Game six, Clay. Clay Thompson has been a 49.5% three point shooter in game sixes in his career. In these playoffs, Clay Thompson in game six against uh, Memphis, 30 points on 8 of 14 from three-point range. Game six, Clay. All in all, it's not just him. I just think the Warriors are clearly going to shoot better than the abysmal three-point shooting that they shot in game number five. Again, Nine of 40 from three-point range. That's just not going to happen again. And then I look at the uh, the games that were in Boston, right? The games that were in Boston, game number uh, three, 
115-100, 55-point um, first quarter, even higher scoring second quarter. And then game number four was a 55-point first quarter. The only reason why that game wound up being 107-97 and uh, not hitting the total of 213. It did still hit 214, though. Oh, it did go. Yeah, 213. Yeah, it went over. What am I thinking? Yeah, game closed at 213. So it went over. This line is just too low at 210. I think a lot is being made about just the game six defensive nature of, you know, game sixes and game sevens traditionally going under. And I think I got numbers here. Let's see. Thought I had numbers here on game sixes. Uh, game six, 62% unders. Is that what it is? Maybe, I think. I got to check on that, but I know traditionally it's been an under spot. This, I think it's baked into the line here that people are all on the under. Let's check the current betting splits and see what we get here. I would imagine that you're going to have a larger percentage on the uh, under, but I'm on the over. I I do think this, I think this game goes over. Yeah, it's kind of split right now. It's 54%. Of the tickets, 53% of the money is on the over, and it's 47-46. So it's kind of split. Nothing overwhelming each way. Uh, Meanwhile, Celtics are getting 46% of the bets, but Celtics are getting 67% of the handle. So more money than tickets are on the Celtics would tend to uh, go that direction, sharp money coming in on the Boston Celtics. And I think the Celtics do win. I think not just a better shooting performance from the Warriors, but the Celtics were terrible. But they were getting open looks, which is the thing that almost gives me confidence in the Celtics going into this game, is that they essentially don't have to change much about their game offensively. They just got to hit their shots. And maybe they're more comfortable at home. Whether it's the rims, uh, maybe the Warriors are just two inches higher, I don't know. But maybe it's the rims, maybe it's the sight lines, whatever it is, maybe they're comfortable at home. And I expect a much better shooting performance from the Celtics on their home floor. Whereas the Warriors, I just think, will bounce back from what was just a poor shooting night, especially Steph Curry. And, you know, you look at Curry, who's had just a tremendous shooting NBA Finals. Curry in Boston in game four had 43 points, seven of 14 from three-point range. In game three in Boston, 31 points, six of 11 from three-point range. 54% in game three, 50% in game number four. So I think he's comfortable shooting there as well. The one thing that has to concern you for the Celtics is just the turnovers. If they limit the turnovers, they'll win this game. But they are terrible in these playoffs when they turn the basketball over. In these NBA Finals, the Golden State Warriors have scored a full game's worth of points just off of turnovers. 103 points just off of turnovers. 
that's an unreal number. You take away a quarter. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. From those points. And the Celtics, on aggregate, are outscoring the Warriors in these NBA Finals. So... I'm on the Celtics to win this game, and yeah, I'm, I think I'm selling myself on the over. But maybe it's a first half over and a second half under, or the second half under could just be based on what the live number is once we have a high-scoring first half. Uh, but the game will still go over the 210 posted total. Let's get more into the NBA Finals. Dan Titus from the Action Network will join us coming up next. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air. This is the look ahead on VCD Sports Betting Network. This is the look ahead on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. Put some cash in your pockets with the Wrangler Hoops Draft Challenge. Make your picks on where the future stars will land at DraftKings.com Wrangler and compete for your share of $10,000 in prizes. Wrangler, for the ride of your life. Terms and conditions and other eligible restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. And joining us now from the Action Network to talk a little NBA with us is the man they call Titus. Titus, thanks so much for joining us here on the look ahead. Let's talk game six. Where are you leaning right now between the Celtics and the Warriors? The Celtics four point favorites with a total of 210. Yeah, so if I'm taking the lean for the full game, I lean Celtics minus three and a half, but I haven't bet it yet because I'm still holding firm on my Warriors and seven ticket uh, that I got at plus 700 earlier in the series. But um, in looking at this game at a micro level, I'm going with the Celtics team total first quarter over 27 and a half at plus money. I've got it at plus 105. You know, they've just come out hot in the in the beginning of this series and averaging 30.5 at home in the first quarter. And you know they got to come out correct in game six here. I mean, with their back against the wall, they are 3-0 and in elimination games throughout this postseason. I think the team has, has said a lot in the media about how they need to cut down on their turnovers and, and really uh, focus in and keen on uh, not making those mistakes. So I think they're going to do that, come out on top. they um, really going to set the tone with Tatum and Brown. 
and they've gone over in four of their five games in this series at 27 and a half. So I think that's really good value there at plus money. You know, I like it because I just got done talking about how I like the over 52 and a half or 53 in the first quarter. Uh, because yeah, I, do I mean, think, that correlates really well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the Celtics will score. You just look at the first two games or the first two games that were in Boston. We had 55-point quarters here between that's both right. of these teams. So that's we're right. Go, we're yeah. we're going to get, first of all, you're going to get a better shooting performance from the Golden State Warriors, right? Steph Curry is not going to go 0 of 9 from 3. And I guarantee you, and this is, I, listen, we're a sports betting show. We're not supposed to guarantee things. But Steph Curry wants to hit a three-pointer in the first minute of this game because he is thinking about that 0 of 9. It's the first time in 233 games that he has not made a three. He is getting the ball in their first one or two (laughs) possessions, and he is shooting a three. You can book that, Titus. I'm I'm with you there, man. I I might have to start looking at some first basket props because Steph might just pull up from 35 feet, you know, on the first (laughs) possession just to get that. And especially because they're on the road, right? That's what a way to silence that that crowd that's going to be super lively in TD Garden to just come out and splash a three. I like it. Yeah, and so when you consider Steph maybe making a couple of threes in the first quarter and the Celtics who, in game five, they didn't necessarily get bad looks. They just didn't make a shot. I expect them to shoot much better at home where they're more comfortable, as you mentioned. So I think the over in the first quarter is absolutely the move here. And I'm actually leaning over for the entire game. 210 is the lowest total that we've had between these two teams in this series. And I think it's just too much of the the whole idea that, oh, game sixes and sevens are tighter defense and lower scoring. Any way that you would lean on that 210 total? I was actually leaning the over as well, um, mainly because I think that these teams have, uh, I think Draymond Green said it best in before game four. He's like, how many more adjustments can each team make? It's really about, can Boston, if Boston's going to hang here, they have to limit their turnovers. I mean, they are one in seven straight up when they have more than 15 turnovers. When they have less than that, they're 13 and two in the postseason. So um, if we see both teams kind of regress back to the mean, obviously Steph Curry is not gonna go 0 for nine from three pointers. Klay Thompson is very well known for his performances in game six, averaging Mm -hmm. 28 points per game over the course of his career. So all of this to me is kind of bubbling up to an over. And I think that the the line has moved down from, you know, what we're seeing earlier in the series at 214, 210 seems like it went a bit too low. So I do like the over there. Yeah, let's go with the over in this game. Uh, Any other plays that you like here for game six, quarters, props? What are you thinking about? Yeah, I think I'm going to go back to the well with the Warriors third quarter. I'm going to take the money line here. It's almost at even odds at minus 110. But, you know, game five was the only game that the Warriors did not win that third quarter. They're still impressively plus 38 in a point differential in the third quarter. Now, Boston did get out to a nice lead and and, and cut down that deficit and won out the quarter in game five by 11. But, you know, if you just look at the series track record, Steve Curry is a guy that likes to adjust at halftime. Steph Curry is averaging the most points in the third quarter for the Warriors, similar to the first quarter, actually, as well. Um, and I think he's going to get hot, come off the come right out of the tunnel and, and uh, get back to business. I think this is going to be the the true test for the Boston Celtics is, is how much they can withstand that third quarter, that third quarter barrage that the Warriors have come so accustomed to making. Yeah, all the profitable bets uh, just lost in game number five. First quarter over <laughs> did not hit. Third quarter Warriors did not hit. So let's go back to the well for them both coming up here in game six. What about specific player props? Are we thinking uh, any overs or unders on some guys? 
Yeah, Scott, you mentioned, uh, you know, the defensive battle. And I, I do think that this is going to have some element of intensity here because, you know, Robert Williams has really been the cornerstone of this Boston Celtics defense. Now, sure, Marcus Smart is defensive player of the year. But if you look at the numbers here, it's astonishing how much better the Celtics defense is when 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 Williams is actually on the floor. I mean, I mean, just looking at uh, the Celtics, they were outscored by the Warriors. The Celtics outscored the Warriors 13 points per 100 possessions in game five. When Williams is off the court, 58.7 points per possession. So mm -hmm. I think Williams is going to see more minutes in this game. He's averaging uh, 18 and a half points, re points and rebounds over his last three games. I think he's going to go over this line, which is 16 and a half right now. Um, he's just been absolutely stellar on rebounding the ball as well as scoring. And they're going to need him in this closeout game for sure. Yeah. Oh, I would agree with that. And yeah, I've made the point that he is the most valuable player in these NBA finals. Now he's not, gonna, I mean, that's, it's he's not going to win. Andrew Wiggins at this point, he's right? not going to win finals MVP, but in terms of the word value and you just labeled it, I mean, the point scoring differential when he's on the floor and off the floor is, is absolutely absurd. How much, how many points the Warriors are outscoring the Celtics when he's off the floor. I mean, he really is the most valuable player on this Celtics team. Uh, in speaking of uh, the most valuable player award, I think it's a foregone conclusion at Steph if the Warriors win. If the Celtics win, do you think it still goes to Jason Tatum despite the fact that he has struggled in this series? Do you think the voters just say, hey, he put up 27 points. We're going to give him the award if the Celtics win. I think that's going to be the case. You know, they usually go with the player that has the most points, so it's going to be probably between him and Jalen Brown. But I think the the playmaking that Tatum has made, he has been inconsistent, but also so has Jalen Brown. So I think that they're kind of competing with each other here, and it's really going to come down to who's going to have the 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 game six and the game seven outbursts that really carry the team uh, to this championship. And ultimately, I think Jason Tatum's going to be the one that's going to have to hit those clutch shots in those clutch moments. And, and really be the one to take them uh, to, to win this title here. All right, let me ask you the question. If the Celtics win this game, comes down to game seven, are you hedging off your plus 700 ticket? Uh, how are you going to play this game seven? Are we going to try to middle something? Uh, how are we playing this? That's a that's a very good question. I feel like there is going to be a middling opportunity. Take I'm Celtics plus the what, four. Yeah, I, I feel like that's what it would be. It would probably be Celtics plus four. Um, I think that would be the edge that I would go for, but I, I – I think I might just keep the bet, man. I think that the Warriors are going to be, it's going to be really tough to beat them on their home floor yet again. I mean, it, it, to me, when I said this before the series started, I knew that was going to go long, but I thought it was going to be between game one, the one that they stole and game seven. They stole that game one. Can they do it again and steal game seven? That That's a tall order for even a, a young, uh, very successful team like the Boston Celtics. I think that the energy in Chase Center, even though it's more corporate these days, I still think it's going to be rocking, and uh, it's going to be very tough to to keep Steph away from that uh, fourth championship and potentially an MVP. All right, Titus, while I have you here, let me get uh, give me one quick NFL long season prop that you've been cooking up here in the off season. Yeah, it's uh, it's got to be Derek Carr for the most passing yards at at ten to one. I think this is extremely good value because uh, with Josh McDaniels coming over as the head coach of the of the Raiders, you know he he coached Tom Brady to. Uh, eight, 4,000 uh, passing yard seasons. And he's coming off 4,800 yards. That's without Devontae Adams. Welcome a guy that you have a lot of rapport with, with a healthy Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. This is going to be a very explosive offense in a very tough division that's going to put up a lot of points. 
I think this is really good value for a guy that's going to be one of the more underrated quarterbacks this season. And Hunter Renfro just got paid. Paid. So I'm sure he's going to be thrilled. I'll give you one. Let me get your thoughts on it real quick. Yeah. Daniel Jones, comeback player of the year, 8-1. to one. Ooh, if that Giants offensive line wasn't putrid, you know, maybe I could get <laughs> behind it. But, you know, I think Saquon Barkley might have a bounce back here. I, I can't lie. I love what the Giants did in the offseason. But it's going to be uh, – that's going to be – that's quite rich for me to get behind Daniel Jones in the NFC East. Ryan Dable uh, working his magic. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see the Giants. I love the optimism, Giants going to shock the, the world. Well, it wouldn't be shocking in the world because a different team has won the NFC East since 2004, so it's anybody's division, but it'll probably be the, the Philadelphia Eagles. I know you're a Philly guy, so you like that. All yeah, right, Titus. Sure. I like them at plus 210 for sure. I appreciate the time. Thanks, as always, and we'll catch up with you real soon. Enjoy the game tomorrow night. Will do. You as well. There he is. Titus from the Action Network does a tremendous job for them. Follow him on Twitter at Dan Titus. I'm Scott Sandberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VCND Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season long. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. I was uh, taking a look at the Major League Baseball standings and having some fun with uh, my calculator, which is also called my phone. And I realized that most teams have played 62 games. And for some, they've played exactly 62 games at this point, which means there's 100 games left for those teams in the regular season. The New York Yankees are 46 and 16. That's 62 games, meaning they can go 50 and 50 the rest of the season. And they'll finish with 96 wins. Last year, it took 90, well, 100 wins. The Rays won the division. It took 92 wins to make the playoffs. So we know the Yankees are going to make the playoffs, obviously. But uh, it took 100 wins to win the division. If the Yankees go 50 and 50, that's 90. Six wins. Think about that. Other teams, if we just, you know, go to that, uh, you know, that moment, that mathematical equation, the Dodgers are 39 and 23. If the Dodgers go 50 and 50 the rest of the season, they would finish with 89 wins. And 89 wins ain't going to cut it in the National League West. Last season, both the Giants won 107 games. 
the Dodgers won 106 games in that division. So it just goes to show you the Dodgers are going to have to play better than 500 baseball, which it's likely going to happen. They're playing at a 629 clip right now. I'm just giving you the hypotheticals of playing 500 baseball. This one I found rather interesting, though. The Chicago White Sox, a team that is still the favorite to win the American League Central. If they go 50 and 50 for the rest of the season, they would finish with 80 wins. That's not even making a wild card. The Chicago White Sox are 30 and 31. And I just don't see how they're going to turn it on and, you know, go 65 and 35 down the stretch. Right? That's what they're going to need to do in order to win 95 games. Last season, to win the Central, the White Sox won 93 games. All right. So let's say, well, I mean, the Twins are better this year. The Guardians are still good. So I think it's going to take more than 93 wins. It'll probably take 95. So look at that number. Do the White Sox go? Well, they have to play one more game to get to. So let's give them a win in their next game, right? Let's call it 31 and 31. Do they finish, you know, 65 and 35 and win 96 games? We're talking about playing baseball at a high clip for the rest of the season. Elsewhere, the Mets have played 64 games. They're 41 and 23. So let's say uh, the Mets... If they play 500 baseball or so, okay, so 49 and 49, that would give the Mets 90 wins. And with the players that are coming back for the Mets, specifically Max uh, Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom, I would think that they would play above 500 baseball. So you got to figure the Mets for 90, at least 93 wins, 94 wins. I think it's an interesting thought when you can, when you take a look at these division races. The Yankees right now, minus 500 to win the American League East. They're not losing that. Uh, right now, they have a nine-game lead over the Toronto Blue Jays. The Mets, however, though, are minus 235. And their lead has shrunk down to four. The Braves to win the Na- uh, National League East, plus 220. Phillies, plus 1,500. Boy, that's an attractive flyer to have on the Phillies. Eight and a half games back, 15 to one odds. Not bad. The Astros are minus 1,400 to win the American League West. They have a nine and a half game lead on the Texas Rangers. That's just absolutely wild. Uh, In the Central, I mentioned the White Sox are your favorite. At plus 105, the Twins are plus 125. The Guardians are plus 450. Twins at plus 125 is not a terrible price. 
They're in first place right now, two and a half games up on the Guardians, but they're five games up on the White Sox. As, and then elsewhere in the National League, in the Central, you have the Brewers at minus 150, the Cardinals at plus 115. Right now, the Cardinals a game and a half up on the Brewers. And in the West, the Dodgers minus 185, Padres plus 220, Giants plus 800. And right now, Dodgers are in first place tied with the Padres and just four games up on the San Francisco Giants. Last year, I was all over the Giants to win this division. Uh, kept on telling everyone when the odds were, you know, high, high, you know, saying Dodgers, uh, Giants, Giants, Giants. And then at the end of the season, the odds just completely tanked because they actually had a chance to win it. But it just felt like the sports books were never believing that the Giants had a chance. That, oh, that it, they're going to fall off. They're not, you know, they're going to drop games and it's okay. But that's not what we're seeing here. Uh, and they continue to roll here. As right now, they are just four games back, 35 and 27 on this season. So just taking a look at them, they have played, let's see, 35 and 27. That is 62 games. So they would finish with 85 wins if they go 50 and 50 the rest of the season. Um, right now, they've played 565 baseball. So you got to make that, you know, a little bit higher than 50 50. So let's say they go 50, let's say they go 50, let's, get, let's give them a little better than 565 baseball. So let's say, let's say they go 57, 58, 58 and 42. Let's give them that, right? 58 and 42 would give the Giants, let's see, 93 wins. Hmm. Could it be uh, 93 wins? Could that win the division? Probably not, but. Could it uh, get them into the playoffs? See, that's a whole other discussion. National League's going to be fascinating. And especially with this, you know, extra wild card. Like, it is, it's going to be really, it's going to be really interesting to see how the playoffs shake out here in Major League Baseball. You know, keep in mind, we do have a um, new format in the playoffs. So it's going to be the two division winners with the best records are going to be um, the buys. And then you have the other division winners as the three seeds, right? And the three teams that are left will be the wild cards four through six. So you'll have three play six. And you'll have four play five. And then it'll be the winners will play the one and two seeds and so on and so forth. So remember, extra post, extra playoff teams in this year's playoffs. Three wild card teams. So who are going to be the three wild card teams in the National League and the American League? I think it's very fascinating. I think in the AL, you might have all three teams coming from the National, coming from the American League East in the Rays. Blue Jays, and Red Sox. And in the National League, it could be one team from the West, could be two teams from the West, could be one team from the East, could be two teams from the East. I think it's going to be a very interesting battle. 
Let's talk more about Major League Baseball. Uh, even take a look at the schedule coming up here for Thursday. Paul Sporer will join us here on the program. Paul does an incredible job uh, breaking down Major League Baseball, fan graphs, Twitch, all that great stuff. We'll talk to him coming up next. I'm Scott Sandberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN. VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? The betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Let's continue the Major League Baseball conversation as we're joined by Paul Sporer from Fangraphs here on The Look Ahead on VSIN. And, Paul, I just got done talking about the uh, teams in Major League Baseball after 62 games or so and what they would have to do to, you know, if they finish 500 the rest of the year. And, you know, the White Sox are an interesting one. At, at 30 and 31, at Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Right now, you know, looking at them and where they are in the standings and what the odds are in the the central, would you buy in like a buy low spot here on the White Sox in the central or maybe the Twins keep this thing rolling? I'm torn on this because I really do like Minnesota. So I'm not I'm not hard fading them at all. In fact, I'm I'm still interested in maybe even buying on Minnesota. That said, doesn't mean it's not a pretty good spot for the White Sox right now, given where everything is, if you can find a number that really entices you, because they still have gobs of talent. Lynn came back, he didn't look great. The Tigers really couldn't take advantage. They only got three runs on those ten hits that he gave up. Got to give him three, four starts before we worry about anything like, uh, you know, him not being himself this year. And then the lineup's going to start getting pieces back. Eloy is due back. Tim Anderson's starting a rehab. Uh, Grandal's not supposed to be out very long. So that's three big pieces coming back in relatively short order. And they're only two games under. And they're only five back of the Twins. So they're not out of it. Things aren't going well. They succeed in spite of Tony. But I really do like this White Sox team. And I think that uh, if they can find some health from here forward, or at least more health than average, they could be quite good. 
what statement says more about the division that you play in? Statement number one, Angels lose 14 straight games but stay in second place. Or the Braves win 13 straight games and remain five games out of first place. I, I like that second one. That that really shows what the Mets have been doing. And obviously, you know, the Angels one not only shows the, the lack of, of the division necessarily being that crazy, but also the fact that they had been pretty good. They gave away all their banked wins. That's so brutal for the Angels. I want to see Otani and Trout in the playoffs. So I kind of root for them, even though I'm a Tigers fan. But they gave away all of it. So now they kind of start from scratch again, and it won't be easy. But yeah, the Braves reeling off this win and still remaining five back, you really got to give your hats off to the Mets. They've been incredible, and it's not like they've been injury-free. They're missing two bona fide top five in the league aces, for crying out loud. And you go look at their offense, and it's not that, like, standout. There are big names, Lindor, Alonzo for sure, uh, Marte, uh, Nimmo gets on base like crazy, but it's an older lineup and it doesn't look star studded, but they're playing brilliantly. They got a lot of guys who are just solidly above average and they're playing some of their best baseball right now. So yeah, the twins, or, excuse me, the uh, Braves winning 13 and still being five back is just <laughs> wild to me. It's amazing. Buck Walter, easily manager of the year at this point in so Major League Baseball and, and uh, to see him uh, be that missing piece. And also the owner, Steve Cohn, coming out and saying, I don't care what the tax is. I'm going to keep spending <laughs> Until we uh, find ourselves with the championship. So what do the Mets need to get here at the deadline? Probably just some some depth to make sure everything's reinforced. uh, Because I think that's probably the biggest issue right now. They're obviously tapping into the starting pitching depth with the two aces out. With Peterson and McGill, obviously McGill was filling in brilliantly for a while until the ugly start. So he's still going to be working that off of his numbers. And we got to see where their health is through the end of June and into July as well, that will probably dictate what they buy at the deadline is who gets hurt, who underperforms at that point, because they have a lot of age on this team. So they'll probably just fill in wherever the gaps pop up. Right now, I think it's just general depth. So a bat, an arm who can start, but that you can use in the bullpen right now, type of things like that. Over in the National League Central, Paul, I got to admit, prior to the season, I was not high on the Cardinals. Uh, I just didn't like this roster. I felt that it was going to be a retirement tour for, uh, you know, Yachty and for Pujols. But, you know, bringing up the kids. Yeah, and Wayno, yeah, but bringing up the kids and Yepes and Gorman, and they just keep winning baseball games. How impressed have you been with the Cardinals? I have definitely been impressed with the Cardinals. And, you know, last year I kept looking at this offense and wondering why it wasn't very good. So I can't say I was super high on them this year. I was still picking the Brewers to win the division. But I liked the Cardinals second because I kept thinking this offense is better than it was last year. We didn't really see it get going until their big 17-game win streak. I think it was 17. Um, But now this year we're seeing it play a lot more like that type of their offense from last year. And like you said, the guys coming up playing well with Gorman and Yepes. Uh, Tyler O'Neill hasn't been great, but then somebody like Tommy Edmond and Harrison Bader have kind of picked up the slack. Paul Goldschmidt is just truly unbelievable, one of the best hitters in the game. And their pitching is perfectly tailored to their team. They allow a ton of contact, but they have five gold glovers on the team. So they are well-equipped to maximize the skills of these pitchers, even though they aren't particularly dominant. So they're a well-crafted team. And, you know, you can say a lot of things about the cards uh, and, and, and 
you know, I know some people get annoyed by their fans declaring themselves the best fans in baseball and all that, <laughs> but they are a well-run organization. You can tell with these team builds. That's why they're always able to kind of maximize uh, more than the talent on the page with their win totals. It's because they do know what they're doing over there. So you can hate on them all you want, but they're really, really good. The cards are. Yeah, you have to feel for Michaelis the other night, man. Two, one strike oh, away from the no-no, and and Bader's and playing so shallow. Bader. He's playing shallow. Well, no, the reason they're doing that those guys because they don't want any doinkers yeah to beat up up yeah front. So i they, get it they don't want to lose it on a crappy single they're like if somebody crushes a you double, gotta earn it you gotta earn it yep yeah yeah you at least earn it that way so i don't even blame bader he's one of like five guys who could even make a potential play on it you know kiermeyer buxton uh pache you know there's only a few guys who even make a play so he was so close but michaelis has been awesome he looks like the the 2018 version all over again yeah it's nice to see a resurgence from him let's take a quick look at tomorrow's board see if anything intrigues you here uh you know you got paul blackburn on the hill for the a's in an early game against the red sox and rich hill blackburn earlier this season was a guy that i was back in every single time Got roughed up in back-to-back starts, but albeit it was against Houston and Boston, bounced back really nicely against Cleveland this last time out. But here he gets another crack at the Red Sox. What are you thinking about this game? I I can't touch anybody against the Red Sox right now. And I've been a big Paul Blackburn backer this year as well, not just because we share a first name, but the early (laughs) results. uh, I kind of looked into it. You know, he added Velo. Uh, his velocity was up and his secondary stuff was working a lot better is this is one of those things where there isn't one smoking gun thing where you're like oh he's got a new pitch or he's got you know three miles of velo or he added something whatever this is all a bunch of incremental things maximizing what he's doing plus some good luck too he's running hot there's no doubt about it 81 percent left on base rate 253 babbitt there is some of that for uh, uh for blackburn as well However, I like a lot of what he's doing. I think you can bet on him a lot this year. I wouldn't mess with it against the Red Sox. Any non-strikeout uh, pitcher, if I'm going to venture against them, it has to be against with a strikeout pitcher. But if they allow contact, I'm terrified of the Red Sox because their offense is so overpowered. Yeah, especially at home. Uh, Joe Musgrove takes the hill against the Cubs, uh, heavily favored, of course. This dude right now uh, amongst the favorites in the National League to win the Cy Young Award. What has impressed you the most about Musgrove this season? Musgrove's one of my favorites so you know in a way this is kind of status quo for for me because I've been expecting him to break out for a little while right when he was with Houston then went to Pittsburgh couldn't wait for him to get out of Pittsburgh because I just I don't think they're great at developing pitchers even though he did kind of figure it out in 2020 with Pittsburgh but he's been awesome he's just kind of maximizing everything he did last year and again running hot too you know just because something's unsustainable like a 195 batting average against doesn't mean that the player isn't earning it in that time it just means that history says it will not last for the rest of the year so i think he's contributing to the uh, to the 195 batting average but i don't expect it to last so it will go up a little bit the 150 era is obviously crazy uh, i like that he's keeping the ball down a bit more too and keeping the ball in the yard now that i also expect to go up a little bit because he has a seven percent homer to fly ball rate when he's a career 13 percent. so i expect a little bit of regression from musgrove but for the most part i expect him to maintain ace level and be a cy young contender all year so i don't expect him to backslide too much one game to win musgrove or alcantara Oh, wow. You really hit on one of my favorites and my actual NL Cy Young pick in Sandy Alcantara. So I'm going to go with Alcantara. 
Yeah, he's my dude. Uh, he, uh, Sandy Day is the best day of the week. Paul, it I, really is. I, I love it. <laughs> Paul, I appreciate the time and the conversation. Enjoy the games. Scott, great speaking with you. Thanks so much for having me on. Paul Spore from Fangraphs. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air. S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N. A-I-R. Still have plenty of more conversations surrounding Game 6 of the NBA Finals. A little recap of Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final. All that and more coming up next. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.